Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, co-host here with Kurt Souter. And uh, we are talking today with Jack Webster. And last week we talked about and began the Leadership Challenge Principles, and we are now continuing that. And we are now up to principle number four. And number, a, number four. And a, enabling others to act. What, okay, so Jack, enable others to act. Is, is, like, is that in like empowering them? Uh, empower could be an emotion. It's really giving tools. So I could I could uh, say you're free to drive my car, which would be an empowering. Or I could just give you the keys to my car, which I that's that's in my brain. So enabling is really physical, tangible, tactical. Uh, so not just a feeling of being able to do something like you have the authority, but no, I actually equip you. I if I want you to drive fast, I'm going to train you. I'll get you in a car and give you the right tools. If I want a family to, for example, study God's Word, it would start with me buying Bibles that my children could read. You know, I can't say, I expect you to study God's Word. Well, I don't have a Bible. It's, it's, it can be really basic. In Josiah Venture, I find it interesting. We do every spring and fall a conference uh, in Czech Republic, and 13 people from 13 countries come together, and we do intensive training. It's enabling them to act. It's saying, here's what disciple making looks like. You know, here's what, here's how to shepherd. Here's how to follow. Here's how to evangelize. We equip. It's it's training, teaching, equipping, giving the skills and the abilities. Uh, when I started at Southeast, it's kind of interesting. People thought, well, you used to run a company and you were an elder, so we don't need to help you much. Um, I don't know how to use a phone. <laughs> You know, so, uh, and I don't know where the copy machine is. I mean, this can be very basic. So somebody show me the phone. And by the way, why didn't somebody explain to me when the red light's on? <laughs> Do you remember this? And you pick it up and it says how many people died that day and I about had a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. What am I supposed to do with that? Because I thought every death call meant as a pastor there I had to go call on everybody. Well, somebody needs to sit down and enable me by explaining to me what I what was my responsibility and what was not my responsibility. And by the way, where people make mistakes here, we give people too much authority or too little. And if you give me too much authority, I'm going to get kind of panicky. I don't, I'm not smart enough. I don't have the skills or abilities. So don't give me too much. You've not enabled me. You've hurt me. But if I have an incredible capacity and you don't give me enough, you don't enable me enough, I'm going to get bored in my job. So a really good leader figures out it's called the flow. How do I get this person right in alignment with how God has gifted them and giving them the abilities, and I let them go in that area, not not beyond their capacity and not well below. It's really understanding your audience. It's really understanding yes. your people yes. and going, okay, what's going to push them, Yes, but not too much? Highly relational. It, this was super easy in martial arts. This, this sounds hard. I'd rather be able to see my audience, but particularly the younger boys, you, you know, it was full contact. So you would hit them or kick them just hard enough to kind of get them teary-eyed. You, know? <laughs> Not, you don't want them breaking down on you, but you'd push them just, you know, almost past their point, and then they'd rebound. And next week you could push them a little further and a little further. And that's why there's succession in the belts. It's a white belt, yellow belt, you know, blue, green, brown, black. And those belts were consistent with how you'd been enabled and how you're able to function. I don't expect the same thing from a yellow belt as I did a black belt. I wouldn't fight them the same way. But we go into the work world or corporate world or we go into the home or the church and we expect everybody to be the same. In fact, in Scripture, so what, what's a new believer referred to as a babe? So you give them what? Milk. Milk. <laughs> That's right. And a mature believer, you give what? Meat. Meat. Yeah, and so a really good leader figures that out. And in fact, a really good leader will take the milk and then they'll put a little in it, a little in it, to, you know, get it up to the meat. 
And it'll take that meaty person and say, okay, you need to go serve some milk. <laughs> you, need, you, know, you need to get busy. Multiply. I, you know, well, you're describing this, and I, again, I go, go back to my dad teaching me how to drive mm-hmm. this massive, massive combine that's, you know, at the worth time. Worth a lot of money. Worth a lot of <laughs> yeah. money. It's eight rows of, of a huge head. But he started mm-hmm. with a little lawnmower. Yeah. Yep. When I'm eight years old, yeah, and that was before GPS on the combine. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, and 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 I'll never forget the first time that my dad taught me how to cultivate corn. You know, we're we're we're, we're trying to kill all the weeds, and and keep the corn alive. And you got to be really on your A game because mm-hmm. you you get off a little bit and you're going to be plowing out all the corn. But he doesn't do that when I'm eight years old. He doesn't even. I I've got to have some experience. I, I'm just amazed at how Dad did that, and I'm I'm really amazed at, at what Jesus did. You know, when he, he enabled others to act. Yes, he, he gave us the tools. He didn't. When he says, "Come and follow me," and he said, "Let me show you how to do it," he showed us, and then he wrote to us about it, and then he tells us through the Holy Spirit, and he tells us through people like you and Chad, other people in our life that sharpen us as iron sharpens iron. It's a beautiful thing. We're, we're not out on our own on this. He, is, he has enabled us. By the way, I need to digress just a minute on inspiring shared vision. Yeah. One of the things a leader should do to keep that vision clear is to keep the fog away. Have you ever been driving on a beautiful drive and mm. all of a sudden the fog rolls in and you, know, you get tense and you grab the steering wheel and you tell your wife to be quiet and you turn the radio down? Well, a good leader sees that and they push the fog away. So in an organization or a family, maybe it's a death of a, of a grandma. So this fog rolls in. And so the dad needs to clarify, you know, no, here's where grandma is. This, is. this is good, and this is our future, and let's, let's position ourselves forward. And they help kind of move the fog away so the family doesn't just stay down in that fog. That's a great example. You know, I, and again, it, I, to me, it's constantly going after talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, help me to understand how do I do this? Talking to the Lord and what I have found is having a few accountability partners, a few close men in your life, huge difference. I, one, of things I, one of the things I did not anticipate was uh, grandparenting. I just, no one talked about that. And so I'm learning grandparenting with some other new grandparents. It's amazing. You get with another godly man who knows God's word and you do this together you kind of go through the grandparenting thing together. <laughs> you know, how do you, what's too much in your home? What's too much somewhere else? How do I give? What do I hold on to? But I don't have to do that by myself. I'm looking at God's word that says, leave an inheritance to your children's children. I'm also looking to Steve Cherry and to Josh Patty and to some other men in my life, Norm Schenk, and saying, how are you doing this? How's this working for you? Because they're also praying and seeking God's will in that. I don't, I don't have to do this by myself. God's enabled me with his word, with his Holy Spirit, and with men who I can trust and depend on. Yeah, you know, Jack, I mean, you're talking about something that really radiates deeply with Chad and myself is you know, connecting with other men, men who are sharper than you, yes. men who are smarter than you, quicker than you, more creative than you. And we many times we push those people away because we, we think we, we get inferior, you know, we right. get this inferiority complex. No, we need to embrace these people who are smarter and sharper and quicker than us because we can learn from them absolutely and it, and, it, and it helps us so that we can help others and able to act in in a in this uh, you know like jesus i mean again like i go back to he leaves this world 
and basically says, okay, guys, um, Holy Spirit's going to come. Word of God's here. Go for it. But he did that at the end of the time with him, not yeah, at the beginning. That, he, he knew when to do that. So really good leaders figure out, when do I hand the baton? I mean, Bob Russell figured out, when do I hand the baton? When's the time for me to leave? When do I hand the baton? And, you know, Bob's a great example. Also, he handed the baton, and then he got out of the way. Sometimes leaders will enable somebody else to act, and then they micromanage them and drives them nuts. No. When you're ready to hand it, hand it and move and move on to the next person, the next project. Okay, so, Jack, we got model the way, inspire a shared vision, challenge the process, number three, number four, enable others to act, and now number five. Encouraging the heart. Encouraging the heart. Yes. How in the world do we do that? I don't know. We have to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you say uh, uh, in in the research, and of course the Bible says over and over again that we're to encourage yes. each other daily, encourage one another, yes, every day we're mm-hmm. supposed to encourage one another. Encourage the heart. Let me, so it's again, it's highly relational. So as let's say I'm your functional leader in the workplace. If I want to encourage your heart, I need to know your heart. So I need to know your spouse, your children. I need to know who you are. This is actually easier for me to do backwards. So back when I was a CEO, everybody played golf. I wasn't a golfer. All I did was work. If I had hit a home run and someone would have said, oh, that was awesome. We're going to give you, we're going to take you out and play golf on the nicest course in town. Well, that would have encouraged my heart. That would have scared me to death. I'm not that good. No, do it in a way that my heart goes pitter-patter. Mm. The, the strongest one I have on this, is, again, it's negative. When, when my dad left and my mom was trying to make ends meet, and I remember the first Thanksgiving, I think we had Spam and green beans or something. We, we probably had a good meal, but my memory was it was awful, and we kind of cried. Well, at Christmas, mm. uh, we lived in Oklahoma. Oklahoma Sooners was a big deal. My mom was doing a great job, so her boss gave her – as a big Christmas present, a Sooner schooner, you know, the thing that they drive out on the football field that lit up. And I can remember her bringing that home and setting it on the table and said, I've done a really good job. I got this. And we all sat there and went, wow, what are we going to eat? I mean, it was a terrible way to encourage her heart. He should have said, you've done a great job. You're a single mom. Life's hard. Here's some money to take your kids to the movie. Or here's a dinner basket. Here's something. He was a football fan, so he gave her what he liked, and he gave it in context to his lifestyle. That was not our lifestyle. Wow. So I saw, I, I was at a, a bank in Chicago that will go unnamed, and I found out they awarded their teller of the month with dinner in the executive room with the CEO. And when I heard it, and at the time Donnie Winters was my boss, I thought he was going to fire me because I, I did not conduct myself very well. I went, why? Why would you do that? I said, why wouldn't we do that? Um... Aren't the tellers the lowest paid person in your bank? Yes. Aren't a lot of them like single moms? I mean, I'm going back. Yes. And so they've worked really, 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 really hard, and then they go eat in the executive dining room? Yeah. What do they do? I mean, I was cranked up. What do you mean what do they do? What do they do? Well, you know what they do? They'd go get you know their hair done and get makeup and put on a nice dress because they don't want to embarrass themselves. All just the opposite of what they needed. And I was practically in tears. I said, why don't you give them a vacation? Throw them a bone. Go take them to the movie. Do something that would encourage her in a way that means that the sacrifice is worthwhile for her to come to work for her children that are there alone. 
So really good leaders figure that out. And they'll go, okay, that, that follower, this is what will really excite them. And it'll excite them in a way they'll want to do this again. If I was one of those tellers, I would dummy the numbers. I don't want to, I don't want to go in that executive dining room with the president. That's amazing. That's amazing. We're going to take a break. We'll be back on the next and final segment to uh, encourage the heart and all these principles of the Leadership Challenge on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment today of Solid Steps Radio. We're with Jack Webster. He is with the organization Josiah Venture of josiahventure.com. Go to that website and look at that cool stuff they're doing over in Eastern Europe. We've been talking the past two shows, last week's show and this week's show, about the five principles of the leadership challenge. And they are model the way, inspire our shared vision, challenge the process, enable others to act. And we've been talking just recently about encouraging the heart. So, Jack, encourage the heart. You, you mentioned in the or, um, last segment how it's critical that the leader understands how this might encourage me so this is what i would want somebody to do for me right. and then then i do that for the other person it doesn't encourage them at all yes and and there's a real art to when is that public encouragement when is it private because sometimes a public encouragement would actually go against somebody they're they're very shy inhibited that would embarrass them and that's not what you want you want them to feel feel really good so a good leader figures all that out and and by the way if you make it tangible it better align with what happened so you know if, if i do something that you know saves 12 million dollars <laughs> don't give me a bag of popcorn if, if you're going to do it with something like that it has to align so uh survey says research shows you know what the number one way to encourage somebody's heart and you can almost always win with this do you know what it is kurt no i don't how, how has your heart been encouraged over the past give me an example um uh, you were going to say a personal handwritten note? Yes, right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I mean, I, I, I got a, I, I still talk about this. I remember when Bob Russell yep. wrote me yep. uh, a, a note, mm -hmm. and I still have it in my file. That's right. So I'm going to throw all the men a bone. You, you can always win. You write a handwritten note, heartfelt handwritten note. It's, it's almost always going to win. But organization, if you're an organizational leader, you've got to figure out how to do this to encourage the organization. Josiah Venture does an amazing job with this. At, at the conference, there's four or five awards, I don't remember, and the participants, all these missionaries are, are saying, oh, I think Kurt should get this. So they're actually sending in names and giving some suggestions. So up front, we bring Kurt up and go, Kurt, you get the you know innovative whatever missionary award, and the place just goes crazy. It's just, it's a neat time for everybody to celebrate. There's... Uh, you know, and if you've been there, you know, five years, 10 years, it's a little bit of money. A lot of organizations do that. And so that's a kind of a common systematic way to encourage the heart. But that's that doesn't really get at this principle. This is this is really figuring out what makes my heart go pitter patter. And that's what you do. And the handwritten note is almost always a winner. A handwritten note, and many times something else is with that, possibly. If it aligns. If it aligns. Okay, I'll give, us, <laughs> I'll give another story. This person will surely will have forgotten this. One time we, we used to take families boating a lot, and my family called it missionary boating. The participants didn't know that because we had a boat, so we'd take them, teach them how to ski. Well, one day uh, we had a family on uh, all day long. Taught the kids to ski, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, I was hot and sweaty, and, you know, the Suburban was running, and you know, I'm seeing the gas bill going, and... And the dad walks up and asked me, he'd already had his shower and had his dinner, you got changed for a 20. I said, no, uh, you know, I got my bathing suit on, I'm hot and sweaty, maybe Linda does. So he goes up to Linda and Linda gives him change for a 20 and he comes back and thanks me for the day of skiing and gives me, I, it was five or $10. 
it was all I could do to not hit him. <laughs> no, no. Once you put a monetary value to the thank you, you just ruined it. Mm. If you just said thank you, that's all, all I wanted. But, but when you said my day, my boat, my Suburban, my gas was worth $10 to your family, you just you, you ruined it for me. And so you've got to think th- through this. I love that guy. I don't think he even has any idea. I think he was just trying to help with gas. Well, I don't tell him how much gas we'd use that day. So he wasn't even close on that. But I think it's because he didn't know better. Good leaders know better. Good leaders will figure out how to, how to encourage someone's heart. And then you do it in a way they'll come back and do it again. I had a CFO who had fought for years on an IRS claim. He won. The, the checks were in the millions. And when I saw him, I went, oh, my gosh. I went, what, what do you do? What do you do? A bag of popcorn is not going to work. No, and neither is money. I mean, I can't give the guy, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But it's interesting. He knew this material, and he looked at me, and he said, if you acknowledge this publicly, I'll quit. Because he didn't do it for public adoration. I said, okay, I won't, I think. <laughs> but I wanted to. So what, what happened was at the next board meeting, I said, well, you know, we have to disclose this. I know. So I go into the board meeting flying low and I said I've got some great news our financials are (laughs) different than you expected by millions and it's because and I didn't even say his name we finally won the IRS you know whatever it was well they all knew he they went nuts but but they did it and then he felt good about it because I didn't bring him up front and parade him but it was their kind of spontaneous ovation that encouraged his heart and if you you would have done the opposite no if in fact I did do something for him uh I thought, I want to put something in his hand just to remember it. And so I'm a techno guy, so I went into his office one day. And I said, hey, have you seen these new digital cameras? He goes, I don't like digital cameras. I like single lens reflux. And I, I should have known because I'd been at his house with the carousel slide projector. Going, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, what would you get? So he told me. So I went and got this camera. But I, I packaged it with a note, a handwritten note. But when Kurt, when I went to give it to him, I, I started crying. I was, I was so emotional. And so we were both crying about the note and about what had happened and you know how, how do you thank somebody for years of something but years later he said every time he picked up that camera he felt good about all that hard work he'd done i mean mm. he didn't pay for the didn't pay for it but so if if it is a gift it's something that that they would treasure that would be meaningful to them it's not necessarily a quid quo pro or you know even steven or you know a percentage I love uh, Jack when you're talking about uh, back to back to the note thing. Yes, uh, the the power that we men have with our wives, with our kids. Guess who wrote us a note? It's a big one. Mm-hmm. It's a personal note to us. The Bible, God's love letter to us. God, How cool is that? So, that, do you think this material reflects biblical principles? Yeah. You think God knew what he was doing when he wanted to encourage our hearts? Yeah, he wrote us a big, long note. And I can look at it in the morning and go, yeah. I looked at it this morning and went, yes, yes. This is God's, Thanks. This is God's letter to us. It's his encouragement to us. Yeah. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Uh, he'll give me more than I can ask or imagine. I mean, all kinds of verses. I read those and I go, yes, <laughs> yeah, this is great stuff. Thank you, God, because I can't dream this stuff up. Rich. Jack, yep. thanks for coming in. My goodness, it's, it's, uh, these two last two weeks have flown by. Uh, do you have any concluding uh, thoughts or comments just about the leadership challenge and the model of Jesus? 
<laughs> I love you guys. I love the fact that you're doing this program for men. I do hope some women listen so they can encourage their men to listen. Mm. So thank you. Yeah, thanks thanks for coming in, Jack. Appreciate yeah. it. Would you pray for us guys that we that we would be men who would step up to the plate and uh, follow this this I great will. leader Jesus. Yeah. Father, I I do thank you for a couple of men who did a bunch of research that uh, gave us a book that turns us straight to your book. And so I thank you that you use them to head a lot of people in the corporate world to biblical truths about leadership. And Father, I thank you that you have written an incredible love letter to us, and uh, you are amazing, and you do more than we could ever ask or imagine. Father, I pray that you bless the men that are hearing this program and that you would draw them to you, draw them to your word, and uh, draw them to other men uh, who want to be more like you and to challenge others to be more like you. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Jack. You're welcome. So we hope you have enjoyed the past couple weeks, and you might have just been listening for two minutes and thought, "Eh, what, what is all this? We've been talking with Jack Webster about the Leadership Challenge and the five principles that become a better leader. And uh, if you're like me, I've been listening for every minute of it for the past two hours. And part of the biggest portion of me is is conviction. Where do I begin? I don't know. I, I know I feel like sometimes like right now, a pinball in a pinball machine. <laughs> How do you apply these principles in your marriage, with your children, in your business, with your neighbors? There's all kinds of things. One thing I've heard over the past couple weeks and I hear consistently is having counsel, having someone across from you, do not do this by yourself. Mm -hmm. Do not sit down with all these by yourself and say, what do I do? You and your wife, you and who is the guy who you say, I thought about this week, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. (laughs) Go into the other room and find somebody who's smarter than you, who's got a little bit more experience and sit down with them and say, can we have coffee? Can we have lunch? And can we say, where do I go with this? Someone who's wise, where two or more gathered, God is with them, right? There's, There's power in counsel and there's power in other people. So grab another guy and sit down and say, hey, where do we begin on this? And there's there's power there. So I would encourage you men uh, to, to take this and don't try to listen to every minute of it and then download it tomorrow. Take one piece at a time and find somebody to do that with you. So we want to thank Jack for coming in. Again, josiahventure.com is their organization. And uh, we hope you enjoy this and we ask you to pass this along to someone else. You were made to be a leader. If you're listening right now, you were made to be a leader. And you were made to lead. And by the definition we talked about on the show, leadership is influencing others and to influence others in the direction of Jesus. So we hope that you have enjoyed these past couple weeks. Go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes. Type in Solid Steps Radio. And you can hear all of our past shows in their entirety. Thanks to our sponsors, Ellen and Credit Union, Frank Enterprises, Vision First, Bright Star, Dan Hart Financial. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.